Hey guys, we have some fun news. We're doing a little mini tour for Love to See It, our other show in June. Apparently, we like only do live shows when Claire is about to give birth. And we're getting closer and closer. Like by the time we do our third tour, I will be like podcasting live from the labor and labor delivery board. <laughs> I'm going to be extremely pregnant, but we're very excited. It's been a long time coming. We're going to be doing three tour dates this June. We're going to be in Philadelphia on June 6th at Underground Arts. And on June 16th, we will be in Boston at City Winery. On June 22nd, we will be in New York City for the grand finale, also at City Winery. We're so excited to meet some of you in person. And at these shows, we're going to be recapping an iconic vintage episode of The Bachelorette. More on that soon. We will tell you all how to watch along. And we're going to have some pretty special guests at these shows. I'm really excited about this. Like, it's going to be a bunch of new, exciting experiences and friendships. And we're so excited also to to meet some of you. So you can find ticket links and more information at lovetoseeitpod.com. We have a page up with show info. I know that as of this taping, we have the Philly ticket link live. We're waiting on the others. But hopefully by the time this comes out, they will be there. <laughs> we'll keep, keep yes. everyone updated in our show notes and on our Instagram. And now on to the show. I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like $14.9 million homes in Los Angeles and the very well-dressed women who sell them. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because it's selling Sunset Season 6, baby. It's here. Christine is gone. Chriselle is back. Everyone's talking about Nick Cannon's seed-spreading agenda. I just love the way that random male celebrities make their way onto this show, (laughs) but are never present. Like we had Justin Hartley in the first few seasons. Now we have Nick Cannon. They're just they're just hovering above feeding the storylines. And yet, I mean, they don't even have to make an appearance. Selling Sunset is like a jobs program for the under occupied partners of famous people like we had Chris Shell, now we have Brie and in Song the OC we had Tyler Stanel <laughs> like all these people who are like ah you know it's great being married to Britney Snow and being like a surfer but I need more for me I need yeah where's my fame where's my fame and it's Brie's turn I am I'm here for it because this could have been a kind of thin season dramatically speaking yes. and there, then we got to just talk about Nick Cannon so much I know I'm honestly thrilled it was big shoes to fill with Christine who just has probably like the most excellent and unabashed villain energy of anyone that's ever been on reality television and she really united everyone against her (laughs) there was nowhere else to go she had to leave she became too good at being a villain exactly she was too good at it but big shoes to fill Mm -hmm. so much that they had to bring two new people in yeah two people one person cannot fill christine's job yeah even two people can't really do christine's job it's funny because they did have two departures 
I kept forgetting about the other Vanessa, one, Vanessa, who was never really that involved in the drama. And she ended up leaving the show at the end of last season in this sort of, she was given like an exit narrative. And also Maya left to move to Miami. So they had a few yes. departures. They they brought in two new main cast members, but it seems clear that the goal with both of them was to create the Christine effect. They need conflict. Yeah. Vanessa really never figured out how to be part of the conflict. And Maya also was like, why are we having conflict? We should be wearing shift dresses and selling real estate. <laughs> and so when you bring in new people, it's hard for them to be glue people you want the new person to get in the mix and like make their mark by being part of some drama and so they bring in two new people to do that nicole and we will talk about them yes. and i frankly think that this was good casting yeah they figured out a way to piece together a christine from what was on offer exactly. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with Selling Sunset, we did do an episode last season that went a bit more deeply into the whole concept because it was our first time covering Selling Sunset, and we had a lot of fun talking season five and Selling Sunset as a whole. I do recommend going back and listening to it if you haven't, but Cliff's Notes, Selling Sunset is a docu-series about the trials and tribulations of a group of very hot, very well-coiffed, very made-up ladies who work for Jason and Brett Oppenheim at the Oppenheim Group in Los Angeles, a luxury real estate agency. They sell giant luxury modern homes with infinity pools, multiple decks, hidden wine cellars and pools and basketball courts and spas, theater rooms, you know, rich people shit. The indoor-outdoor experience almost goes unremarked upon because every house has an indoor-outdoor experience. They all have giant sliding doors that are just open all all the time. Right. Now, you you don't even need to say. That goes without saying. (laughs) So this is a real estate show, but it's like an advertisement for real estate. And the real show is about the women. Yeah. And their drama with each other. They get in feuds with their colleagues. They have conflict in their relationships. A lot of it is very low stakes. And most importantly, they basically never do a showing without wearing six-inch stilettos and an outfit you would expect to see on a runway, even if they are pregnant or six weeks postpartum, except that one time this season that Heather was allowed to wear fancy platform sneakers it's but just one it's clear that heather is struggling a little bit with keeping up with the level of (laughs) couture that is expected every now and then she'll just be in like a t-shirt and like stretchy pants and i'm like i feel you heather like not a lot of couture is made to accommodate a bump you got to mix in a a rib knit dress here and there but she's doing her best not to break her stride outfit wise honestly i It was extremely impressive. (laughs) So this season's vibe, I would say, is just richer than ever. I remember starting my binge last year, season one, and it was almost so different. It was almost normy. Like the girls were wearing a hot, sexy version of pretty standard business attire. They seemed pretty normal in a lot of ways albeit they work in this fast-paced luxury real estate business most of the houses were in the like one to five million dollar range now we're at a point where a double digit listing as they used to call it 
is no longer noteworthy. Like almost every listing they get is over $10 million. I almost noticed it now when they were like, oh, this is only a $3 million or $5 million yeah, listing. a modest listing. <laughs> this show does to you what Say Yes to the Dress used to do to my brain when I thought about wedding dress budgets, mm-hmm. where someone would come in on that show and be like, my budget's $3,000. And they would be like, oh, I guess you don't really care yeah. about your wedding. We have one or uh, two things we could pull, but... You're not going to have many options. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, this three to five million dollar home. Ugh. Yeah. You don't you don't really get the finishings you get with a thirty three million dollar home. Yeah. When you when you have a thirty three million dollar <laughs> home, that's when you get the good finishings. You get the inset rail against the wall of the staircase. They just don't think about that in a five million dollar <laughs> listing. Think about these things, <laughs> these details. So. Yeah, they things have gone like completely off the rails in terms of money. Like everyone on the show now has a budget of like, I'm a billionaire. So my budget is whatever the fuck I feel like. Well, this is also the thing that tends to happen with successful reality shows that Mm -hmm. are like continuous docuseries. Like if you go back to Vanderpump Rules and you see them in season one versus season 10, it's like that big of a jump except that they started off richer on this show. <laughs> yeah they already were selling yeah. luxury real estate it's true but they were just and like a little more grounded famous. and now now yeah yes. they're famous and also they're i think there's just more realism in the reality tv space as time goes on about what people actually want to watch like think back to like the real world that was like oh people want to see people just like them struggling and figuring things out in the real world Maybe they have a job when they're not living in the loft together. And as time goes on, it's like, oh, no, what people want to see is, quote unquote, real people who have insane amounts of life, like wear couture every day. (laughs) Yeah, live way better life. And they have problems, but they have problems while wearing stuff that was most recently seen on the runway at Paris Fashion Week. And so the standard of just like opulence on the show has gotten kind of unhinged like every broker's open is now a red carpet affair along the lines of the grammys expect to see at least half of the women in bjork level concept pieces at these events at the first broker's open chelsea is wearing a shell corseted onto her torso as (laughs) as a bodice and everyone's like wrapping it and being like, I could eat off of this like a plate. <laughs> like it's not a, dr- it's like a, it's like an art piece that is like lashed well, to her body. Chelsea also shows up in that dress that is just like a wooden panel that she can't sit in. Yeah. It's like for a conversation with Nicole. Also, I would imagine at this point, obviously these women can all afford stylists. And also this show is kind of a, a fashion plate and a fashion show in itself that I would imagine designers are like, dying to lend pieces out for them to wear like the whole thing has become so farcical and campy yeah that it's like why why stop now You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. 
Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at claireandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. 